Hey there, my name is Kathy, and welcome to my podcast, That Chronic Thing. I'm here to share my experiences living with chronic illness, including ME-CFS and MS, and offer support and advice for dealing with similar struggles. This show is a resource for anyone looking for support, advice, and a sense of community as they navigate life with chronic illness. I know firsthand how hard it can be to adapt to a new way of life, managing symptoms, finding a new rhythm, and doing this all while you're going to a gazillion doctor's visits. But through my own struggles, I've learned to find joy and laughter along the way, and I really hope you can do the same. So join me and other chronic illness warriors as we tackle the ups and downs of living with chronic illness together. Hey everyone, this is Kathy. I am so glad that you're here today. In that intro, you just heard that this podcast is for those with chronic illness. However, I want you to know that everyone is welcome here. I think everyone can learn from this podcast and I am so happy to have you here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, happy middle of the night, whatever time you are listening and wherever you are, you know I am so happy to have you here. Last week was part one, discussing friendship with my dear friend Allison, and when Allison and I sat down to record, she talked for so long, which is not unexpected, that we had to split into two parts. So today is part two. If you didn't listen to part one yet, I recommend going back and listening to it. That episode included an intro to Allison, discussed watching my health change over our 12-year friendship, and started to discuss what Allison thinks friends of chronically ill individuals should know. Today, we're going to pick up with some more practical changes Allison and I have made in our friendship. Are you ready? Here we go. But on a more practical level, um, some of the changes, I guess, that have happened in our friendship have just been, like I said, mental reflection on my part on like how to how to navigate the world with you. Right. And and so, you know, I've just developed simple habits like when I come over to Kathy's house, um, I just sort of automatically check the coffee table for like dirty dishes or garbage um, and uh, so that I can take into the kitchen I look at her water cup to see if she needs a refill and I take that in and do that. These are, these are tasks which have no discernible effect on my, my energy for the day. Um, you know, so that they don't take anything from me, but these are also tasks that would be, would, would be take a spoon for Kathy to do just getting, standing up and sitting down, right? Like that. So, you know, where I, you know, she has scarcity and I have abundance. So in that situation, I just sort of try to train myself to pay attention to those little things that are going to be inconsequential to me, but could drain her energy. And, um, and it's greatly appreciated. It makes a huge difference. Like these seemingly teeny tiny things, uh, are just so wonderful. Uh, other things that Allison will grab for me, like if my alarm goes off for my medicine, she'll go grab my medicine for me. 
Um, if I need my heating pad reheated, she'll go reheat it for me. Oh my gosh, those, those things. And granted, they're things that generally someone can only do for you if they're like hanging out with you for a while, but they make a huge difference. Yeah. Um, and and I can, even the thing about like whether it's teen, it's all a matter of perspective. There's this phrase, it's like, don't let others do for you what you can do for yourself. And if, and I reverse that. If you have a friend who's chronically ill or disabled, you know, and if you are chronically ill or disabled and you want to let your friends know how they can help you, I reverse that and say, don't do for yourself what someone else can do for you. There are lots of things that only you can do for yourself, I guess is what I'm saying. But there's a ton of stuff that others could do for you with no issue. And if you are chronically ill, like save your spoons, like hoard them. If your friend is there and, and you have a bunch, you know, and you have a bunch of dishes in your sink, say, Hey, you know, what would be a great help. I've had those dishes in the sink for days and I'm just exhausted. Would you mind doing that for me? And I'll tell you what, whether they're a good friend or not, they're going to say yes, because if they're a good friend, they're going to be glad that you asked for their help and grateful for the opportunity to help you. And if they're a bad friend, they're going to say yes, because it would look terrible for them to say no <laughs> to a disabled person and then just grumble about it to themselves in their head. But either way, your dishes are going to get done. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and, and, and if they say no, well, then that just cut that person right out of your life. And they're that, done. That's the other thing that I would say is like, because I've been on kind of, you know, I've been on the end of this, you know, not in a physical illness way, but, you know, I've had very severe, in fact, about a year before I met Kathy, um, I was in, you know, the most severely depressed that I've been in my life. Um, I was, I had stopped eating it for like three months. Um, I was, I was ready. It, it had been two years of, of severe depression with constant suicidal ideation um, and I, I was ready to go. I was ready to be done. And I, I was willing to try one more thing. And that was ECT, electroconvulsive therapy, more popularly known as electroshock, which some people may be surprised to learn still exists. It's very, very different than what most people would envision. It's very safe and it's very effective. It has an 85% success rate in um, treating uh, severe depression. And so I went to my doctor and I said, you need to get me in for ECT or I'm going to kill myself. And he got me into the hospital and I had ECT. And, and although it is a course of multiple treatments, I woke up from the very first treatment with no more suicidal thoughts in complete remission. Now, during the course of treatments, I ended up having a total of 15. Um, you, you go under anesthesia, so you can't drive yourself. You have to have people drive you. Uh, and to and from and it was interesting to find out who my real friends were because there were people who I would have taken for granted were going to be there for me who are nowhere to be found and there were people who I never would have even considered would step up in that way who were there for me in a very you know steady steady way and so I guess what I would say is is it that I came, you know, at the time it was hurtful or especially the people who I thought would be there for me and weren't. And I was very hurt by that. 
But in time, I came to see it as a blessing because I didn't waste any more time on those people. And I found out who really was worth my time. So I guess if you're the, if you're in a situation where you're chronically ill, um, you know, just pay attention to who shows up and then give them your your time and energy. Even if it's not the people you expected. Right. I mean, it's fine to grieve over, you know, a lost friendship, but. But it also get, frees up more time and energy for you to focus on those people who really are going to be there for you. Um, and I'm always grateful to know the truth, even if it's painful. Um, because those are the people that I want to put my time and energy into. Um, so, so yeah, that's one practical thing is just, you know, if look around their house. When you go visit them, just look around. Look for simple, inconsequential things. Bending over to pick something up off the floor, that's nothing to me. I do that without thinking. For Kathy, that's a chore. And so you just have to like kind of learn to see that through their eyes. Like I look at things in terms of spoons now. How much, <laughs> you know, what, where can I, you know, take the trash out to the garbage can, you know, that kind of do the dishes, as I said, like um, just those little mundane tasks that we all take for granted as being able to do without even thinking about it. Those, those matter to your friends that are dealing with that. It's true. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and speaking of their house, you need to meet on their terms. Like, don't insist on going out. They're just not going to be able to hang out with you. Like, you can't create an inhospitable environment for them to be able to, like, have a good time. So you need to be flexible. You need to be willing to drive to them. You need to be willing to leave things early if think, if they're not feeling well. And you need to be fine with that. Like, if you go to a friend's gathering and you agree to drive them, and then they want to leave after half an hour... That needs to be fine and you need to go in with the expectation that that might happen and and not and not you know be secretly resentful that you didn't get to stay longer like you didn't have to say yes to driving them so you know you need to sort of be realistic about that there's another phrase i heard is said expectations are premeditated resentments so like you know don't say you're fine with something that you're not really fine with um if you have a certain expectation Make it explicit and ask them if they can meet that expectation or not. And then if, if you're in the position of being asked, just answer honestly. Okay, I, I can't, so I think we should drive separately, right? Like, that's fine, but, you know, you, you need to be prepared to follow through with what you say you're going to do and the help you say you're going to provide. Um, and in a, kind of on a related thing... Um, you know, uh, as as Kathy's condition has sort of deteriorated, you know, we do still try to get out and do fun things. We don't go maybe as sort of like mindlessly as before. We're just like, it's a, it's a Thursday. We should get dinner, right? <laughs> but, you know, for special things, we still try to make time for things. Um, so in April of last year, we were able to go see John Mulaney um, at SAP Center um, and get handicapped seating for that. And, um, and that was a great night. It was me and Kathy and our, our, our friend Christina. And, um, uh, and I had, so, you know, I had initially bought, um, three just regular tickets cause I knew I wanted to go and I knew I could find people to go with me. Um, and then when Kathy was going to it, coming with me and had since become wheelchair bound, uh, I called 
and I changed the tickets to wheelchair accessible. Um, and then, but, but I also want you, this was also Kathy's kind of first outing since she big outing, since she had become wheelchair bound and she was nervous about it. Um, and so another thing you can do is, you know, make sure, you know, like I wanted to make sure everything went smoothly. So I called the venue. I just called SAP, the SAP box office. And I said, here's the situation. I want to make sure there's not going to be, you know, any, any issues when we come like, and I asked a bunch of questions and got, you know, okay, if there's this, go to this desk. And there was, you know, it, it went, ended up going very smoothly. It was a very nice experience. Um, but you know, I, and it didn't take, I mean, I, I took, I did those calls while I was driving, right? Like it wasn't like it took me any extra time. I was just going to be driving. So, you know, I just made those calls on route to some other place. And so it wasn't a lot, it wasn't a huge investment from me, but, but I was able to ensure that it was a good experience for her, um, just by doing a little bit of legwork. Um, and, um, and that was a really, that was, you know, I think things like that really, um, buoy your spirits when you're feeling down a lot. Um, and, um, we've also, and then kind of on, on the other side of that, we've had events that we weren't, we planned to go to that we weren't able to go to because Kathy's health was, was not, you know, compatible with that. We've had shows that we've made, you know, Kathy decided, you know, you're right. I'm not going to know what my health will be on the day of, but I'm not going to stop making plans. And I think that's important. Do not, do not give up at living your life. It's not always going to work out. Um, but it sometimes does like with John Mulaney. Yeah, I'll tell you a nice story. Okay. Um, so we had tickets to Nikki Glazer. Is that her name? Um, and, uh, I was in so much pain that day. We couldn't go. Um, because I knew if I took my pain medicine, I would be completely out of sorts. And I offered the tickets to Allison to go with someone else. And she was so nice. She didn't go. She stayed home with me. And we watched um, Nikki Glazer on one of the streaming channels, uh, her comedy specials instead. Isn't that so sweet and so generous and thoughtful? Um, it didn't even occur to me that that was... I mean, it, it's not exactly as fun as going out um, to see her, but it was one hell of an alternative. Um, I still got to be with a friend. I still got to see the comedian. I still ha got to have plans. And I got to do it with my heating pad and my pain meds. So not bad. Mm -hmm. And that's actually exactly what I was going to talk about, which is when you make plans with your friend, you, you need to have a... By the way, can I say your last name or no? Yeah. Okay. So, so, um, when you make plans with your friend, uh, you know, I always, I always have a plan B or as I call it, a plan Biederman. <laughs> um, and that is, you know, what is the, what is the, what are, what are we going to do if we can't do this because Kathy's health is, pro, you know, kind of is pro prohibitive at that moment. And so this, you know, the situation Kathy just described, that had already been my plan since we got the tickets, you know, because I, you know, when she plans for something, you know, she doesn't know every morning when she wakes up what her health is going to be like that day, right? There's no way to predict it. There's no necessarily, like, there are sometimes trends, but there's not really a day-to-day -day pattern even to it sometimes. 
Um, sometimes the morning can be really good and then the afternoon is terrible. Sometimes the morning is terrible. She thinks the day is shot and then has a second win in the afternoon. Like it's just like it's ridiculous, right? There's no way you can plan around it. So you just have to plan and then work around it essentially. And so whenever we make a plan, I always have a have a plan B, plan Biederman. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for that night, um, I had already thought through, okay, well, what if Kathy's not well enough to go out? What are we going to do? Okay, we're going to order DoorDash and we're going to watch a Nikki Glaser special. Um, the, the point was never to go see Nikki Glaser. Like, she's funny. She's great. But she's just as funny on her special that I haven't seen as she would have been on stage. You know, the point was to do something with Kathy. Um, and so... If there's a, for okay, let me just put it this way. If there's a show that is really important to you to go to, don't plan to go to it with your chronically ill friend, okay? Like, if it's going to upset you to miss it, don't make the plan because you need to accept that you might miss it. I don't know if that's, like, universally true about all chronically ill people, but it's true about me. Right. <laughs> don't count on me. But if you but know I will that... let you out of the plans. Like, you can make the plans with me and I'll let you out of them so you can... Like, and be, right. I'll be like, listen, I'm staying home right. and you could go without yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, but you can't be mad about it, basically. You need to accept that the Ill, that, their, that their situation is unpredictable and there's nothing that they can do to, to make things more certain for you. Yeah. And they're doing the best they can. So you just need to have accepted all of the possibilities and ideally made a plan for that. Yeah, like plan B1 and plan B2. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. And then we also went to um, a musical last year, summer, I think. And, you oh, know. yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. And we, um, you know, I had already kind of like, the, you know, where, where we were going to be. The parking was a bit challenging. So I had already kind of like scouted to, to, to make sure like I knew where the best place for us to go was, where she was going to have the. We well at that point we, you were in the the wheelchair, but um like to make sure she wasn't gonna have to get through any steps or anything like that that there was gonna be accessible. So it's it's really easy to do those things ahead of time. Um, and as Kathy's mentioned, the brain fog a few times. Like, um, you know, remember that them doing those things also takes spoons from them. Like it's not just physical tasks that take up energy; it's mental tasks as well. So like calling the venue or like doing that sort of prep work. That's also something where you can, because to, to someone who's chronically ill, spoons are their most valuable asset, right? Like, would you mm-hmm. say, would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. That's a and precious commodity. A, if I, it's my only one. So, wow. it, so if, so if anything that you can do that frees up spoons for them is like you giving them the thing that's most valuable to them, right? And so you know, those, those things are a gift. Um, and they cost, they're very little to give, right? Cause if you're not in that situation, then those things are not going to be consequential to you. I don't know. We may need to go because it's DoorDash time, TV time. Okay. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Sorry about the sudden ending. We were running low on spoons, and I had promised that we wouldn't go over 20 minutes. Oh, and I guess we just needed some DoorDash. We'll think of you as we devour it. We hope you enjoyed hanging out with us this week. Let us know your comments, questions, love notes, and all that jazz via direct message on Instagram. Get the details in the show notes. 
Until next week, have a wonderfully low symptom or even better, no symptom week.